Well, my friends, it's Super Bowl Sunday, and I have to admit something to you. It's something about my past that I have to be quite honest, I'm a little embarrassed about. And so it's taken me many years to tell this story. But when I was a kid, see, I really liked tigers. And then I got into football, and I became a sold-out, hardcore Bengals fan. That's right. I was a Bengals fan. I'm embarrassed about that, guys. Yeah, there you go. I see you. And I was, I was a Bengals fan pretty much through my middle school years until the day came. You see, the Bengals, up until this year, they've always stunk. You know, I liked them because back in the day they were kind of good. And I liked tigers and I liked the decor. And so that's what sold me out on it. And then I remember I was hanging out with one of my buddies and we were watching a game. And we were playing the five, the Steelers were playing the 5 and 0 Saints. And I remember this like yesterday. It's crazy what still goes on in my head. You know? And there I was watching the, the ragamuffin Steeler band of players that really weren't nothing. And then they were facing the 5 and 0 Saints and they beat them. And I remember I stood up in that area, in that uh, living room with my buddies and said, that's it. I'm done with the Bengals. I'm a Steelers fan. See, every year, the year before that, I went to this Bengals game. My dad took me and my buddies to Cincinnati for a Steelers-Bengals game. And we're standing there next to this guy, and he was drunk. And he looked at me, and he goes, oh, man, I feel so bad for you. Where are you from? And I said, I'm from Pittsburgh. He looks at me. He looks at my dad and goes, what's wrong with your family? Well, that, the next year, I went back to Cincinnati, and I was a hardcore Steelers fan. That's right. God can renew minds. He can change hearts. I am a testimony of that. But in all seriousness, today we're talking about just that. The reality of God renewing minds and transforming hearts. Today in our encounter with Jesus happens in John chapter 3 with this man by the name of Nicodemus. You know, Nicodemus in John chapter 3 right away comes to Jesus at night. He was on a quest for truth. He recognized that Jesus was a good teacher. And he was on the quest for what is truth? What does this mean to me? You see, Nicodemus was a Pharisee. And he knew all the stuff. But he didn't really know God. And and I think for many of us. There's been a lot of us that's been on a journey of faith for a long time, and we know all the stuff, but do you really know God? And in Nicodemus' quest for truth, that's what he was trying to go for. Because he knew, Jesus, there's something different about you. You're a good teacher. I mean, I've seen what you've done. I mean, I know all the stuff, but I'm just not getting it. Help me understand what is truth. You know, and I think we're all on that quest for truth. And can I just tell you something? All throughout history, all the historians, all the major religions agree on something. They all agree on this. Jesus actually existed. He was a man that walked this earth. And they all agree that he was a good teacher. So walk with me down this journey a little bit. If you see all the major historians, all the major religions acknowledging Jesus was real and that he was a good teacher, then you got to follow the trail. i got to wrestle with the truth and all the stuff that he said, how he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, the only way to the Father. I have to wrestle with all that because I can't just say he existed and he was a good teacher and throw that all away. I have to deal with that. And that's what Nicodemus was dealing with right now. He's like, 
I see something in you. It's different. I know all the religious stuff. I need to know God. And I bet some of you are sitting right here. You know all the religious stuff. But you've never encountered God. And I hope today you encounter him in a whole new way. Whether you've been following Jesus for a long time or you've been doing this religious stuff for a while or this is your first time to hear anything about Jesus, I invite you into this place to hear God and let him speak to you in a whole new way because we all have to deal with the big question, what is truth? Every one of us at some level has to acknowledge and wrestle with this question, what is truth? It will shape everything about who you are, your entire existence, and what happens beyond this life. What is truth? Because common misconception in our day and age, in our culture is, well, you know what? Truth is based upon what we may fear or what we, what we personally believe or what we kind of follow. And that might have been true back in the day in the 80s or the early 1900s or the 1800s, but it's not necessarily true today. But can I just be honest with you for a moment? Truth does not change based on generations. Truth does not transform because of who we choose to surround ourselves with to affirm what we want to believe. Truth is a constant that never changes. It never changes. I mean, you can see the reality of this in the laws of math. You know, math has certain laws that you have to know and understand. If you don't understand the laws of math, everything else is worthless. The same is true in science and physics. You cannot understand science and physics without understanding and acknowledging and accepting the basic fundamentals of the laws that do not change. And the same is true in the visible qualities of creation. That's what God said. And it transfers into the reality of the invisible qualities of the spiritual world. And that is God. Just like the laws of math and science don't change, neither does the laws of God, morality, and truth. Truth is a constant. So now we have to wrestle with that. If Jesus truly was real... He truly was a good teacher that all the major religions and historians, historians agree. If truth is constant based upon what he says, what does that mean for me today? You see, it doesn't matter what you or I believe. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much you believe it or how long you've believed it. Truth is truth. Truth is truth. And some things are true whether you believe them or not whether you're willing to accept them or not. And just like Nicodemus, I think we're all on this quest for what is truth. And the ultimate truth that I think we're all seeking, just like Nicodemus, what's the meaning of life? What's beyond this life? And how do I get there? I mean, that's ultimately the foundation of what is truth. And I think we're all wrestling with that just like Nicodemus. And so before we move forward, I need to lay some groundwork and some, some foundational reality of where I stand because we got to be standing on the same page and on the same foundation if we can't move forward on, on what we're talking about. And let me just be clear and straightforward. You see, I believe with all my heart that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and there's no other way to the Father except through him. And so everything I stand on and everything I talk about is based upon that foundation. Okay? And I'm encouraging you to consider that foundation in your life. 
Maybe you've never even thought about that. Maybe you've completely rejected that. And you're like, I can't accept that in my life. And I'm just asking you to have an open heart today. And just let God speak to you and who he is. Just like Nicodemus. You know, going back to the story, Jesus immediately follows up with Nicodemus as he came and said, I see you're a good teacher. I, I, I see some things about you. Can you tell me about truth? And Jesus immediately says this in John 3, 3. He replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. You see, in this moment, Jesus jumped right into it. He acknowledged immediately, I am truth. I am the authority of truth. Everything about truth is me. I, we don't have to waste our time getting in all the weeds of that. You already acknowledge I am truth. So let's get to the, let's get to the reality and, and the basis of what we need to talk about. You want to experience my truth in your life? You need to be born again. You want to experience my kingdom? You need to be born again. That's what Jesus was telling him. And this rocked Nicodemus' world in a big way. Nicodemus wrestled with that statement. What are you saying? And many of us wrestle with this statement today. What in the world, Jesus, are you saying to be born again? I I just can't grasp this. I don't understand it. How can this be? And that's that's where Nicodemus was. I don't get this, Jesus. I don't understand this. And because the argument there is this, for, for Nicodemus, as a Jew in that day, the predominant belief and understanding and thought affirmed that all Jews, based upon their birthright, entered into the kingdom. Just because they were born a Jew, they were good to go. And Jesus is saying, ah, it's not, it's, no, you're missing it. You're not, you're, you're not getting it. See, just because your birthright doesn't give you the kingdom of heaven. You see, in, in his whole mind, he's like saying, I don't get it. I'm already a Jewish person. I'm a Jewish religious leader. Now you're telling me I need to be born again. And, and Nicodemus even said, I, I don't understand. Am I supposed to go in the back of my mother's womb? That's actually his words in verse 4. He's saying, I don't get it, Jesus. I am a Jew. I am already in the kingdom. And up to this point, we see the heart of the battle of mankind. And that is identity. What's my identity in? See, up to this point for Nicodemus and all the other Jewish people of that day and age, their identity was in, I am a Jew. And because I am a Jew, I get all this. And that was his whole foundation of what he was. Everything about him was, I am this. And in a moment, Jesus was getting to the heart of what we wrestle with. What is your identity in? In this quest for truth, the foundation of everything that we wrestle with is who are we? Who are we? What's my identity? And just like Nicodemus Every one of us has developed our own I am statements. I am this. And we develop our I am statements based upon maybe what we feel, what we think is right, or the surroundings we're in. And we develop these I am statements. And then we allow these I am statements to become our identity. And then we have an identity crisis. And that's what Jesus gets in the heart of it. 
yeah, Nicodemus, I get you are a Jew. You think you can't change this. But your identity is not anything in this world, in the creation. Your identity is in the creator. It's different. It's different. And we all have to wrestle with our I, I am statements. You know, think in your own mind, you probably already are. What are the I am statements that you put onto yourself? I am an American. I am a Republican. I am a Democrat. I am a CEO. I am a husband. I, whatever it is, you can make a list of things. And there are things that you know in your heart right now, I've identified with this. I am. Mm. What is that for you? And so often because we've dealt with this and we've made ourselves believe this is who I am based upon what I do or what I surround myself, we think that's my identity. But when has ever what we do or what we accomplish become our identity? You see, our identity is not in the creation, it's in the creator. And so often because we try to develop our identity based upon what I feel or what I think or what I see around me, we find our identity in the creation rather than the creator. And we miss out on what God really wants to do in our life. And that's why he's telling Nicodemus, you need to be born again. It's like going to a museum, an art museum. I've been there a few times. I don't go a whole lot because I don't get it. I'll just be honest, I don't get it. But I walk through those art museums, and I see people in those abstract arts, and they'll just be staring at that painting. You know, it's like, and I'll be looking at them like, what are you doing? What are you even looking at? But they're staring at the painting, and every person is asking the same question. What does it mean? Well, what's the meaning behind this painting? And they're just, they'll stare at that painting for hours. What does this mean? And so often we get mixed up because we try to find the meaning in the creation rather than going to the creator. Hey, what did you mean when you painted that? I would just save up. I, you know, if my wife wants to go to the art museum, I'd say, hey, let's, I'll save us so much time. Give me, the, give me the phone number of the person who painted that. We'll give him a call, her a call. Hey, what, did you, what were you thinking when you painted that? And we'll save a few hours. We got it. But I think so often in our life, we wrestle with this too because we just stare in the face of reality of life. We stare in the face of what we feel in our hearts. And we just try to figure out, what does this mean? And then we try to develop our own I am statements based upon what we think we know. And we try to find who we are in the creation rather than the creator. And we get off track. We get off track. You know, here Jesus is walking Nicodemus through the path of renewal. The path of finding your true identity is not in yourself, is not in anything you can create in this world, is not in anything the world tells you you are. Your identity is in the creator, and I'm standing before you. I am the son of God. Jesus, I am your identity. You are a child of God. That's what he's trying to lead him towards. It's the process of renewal. You see, my friends, spiritual renewal is a transformational process of finding who we are in Jesus. That, this is the quest for truth. The quest of who I am and what this means for me. We are who he says we are. And nothing else. Who does the creator of everything that is, the creator of you, says that you are? says you're a child of God. 
and you need to experience what that means in your life. This is allowing Jesus to change your attitude, your actions, and your heart and your words to the heart of God. That's what this is all about. You know what the Bible word for that is? Repentance. Repentance is just a fancy Bible word that means I am changing my attitude, my heart, my words, and my actions to the heart of God. This begins the renewal process, the regenerational process that takes place. And what Jesus is saying here is you can experience all this. You know, after Nicodemus was questioning all, all this and saying, how can I be reborn again? Do you want me to go back to my mother's womb? I mean, he's just wrestling with this. Jesus turns around and says in verses 5 through 6 of John 3, Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of, born of water and of the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. Jesus saying, what Jesus is saying here is, to enter my kingdom, you need to find who you are in me. You're, Nicodemus, you're getting it. You're born physically. You're born of man. You understand that. But what I'm telling you is there's a spiritual rebirth that needs to take place. You need to experience me. You know all the stuff, but you need to experience me. There needs to be a spiritual rebirth. You are a child of man, but now you need to become a child of God. And that's in me, Jesus said. That's what this is all about. It's a spiritual renewal. And Jesus is telling him, to experience his kingdom, it's not a down-the-road thing. Jesus saying, right now, you can experience my kingdom in this moment. Because my kingdom is with me. And I'm bringing it to you. You can begin experiencing. Spiritually speaking, to be born again is the ingredient of spiritual regeneration. You know, regeneration is that renewal process. How many of you guys have walked through biology class? It's truly fascinating. Have you studied the regeneration of plants and certain sea creatures? It's fascinating how some plants and sea creatures can completely regenerate. For example, the most fascinating one to me is the starfish. Have you ever studied the starfish? The starfish, you could cut off one of its limbs. Now, if you're going to the ocean this summer, I don't recommend you doing this. People might not like it. But if you cut off a starfish's limb, it has the ability to regenerate that limb and regrow that limb. And even beyond that, some starfish, if their nervous system is intact, you could wipe out their whole body. And because of their nervous system still being intact, could completely regenerate their full self. You know, the Bible is so fascinating because over and over again, God speaks his truth and his reality all throughout creation. Not just in the laws of things, but how he operates through creation. And I believe that through the starfish, the simple sea creature starfish, God is showing the reality of how he wants to regenerate or renew you. You are a child of God. He wants you to be a starfish. Some of you have been walking around with, so to speak, broken limbs. Some of you, your lives are, let's be honest, pretty messed up. I've been there. We've all been down that journey. We all have a past. Some of us may be still living in our past. 
just like Jesus was speaking into the heart of Nicodemus, he's speaking into you today. He wants to renew your heart. He's not interested in just knowing the stuff. Nicodemus knew the stuff. He's asking, will you know me? Will you know me? I want to be your I am statement. I want to be your identity. You are who I say you are. And you're a child of God. He wants you to experience that. In its fullness, in its, in its magnitude. This is all about being renewed. This isn't in your notes, but in, in Paul wrote about this in, in, in Romans chapter 12. We, we've read this before a few weeks ago, but let me bring it back. Romans 12 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, what Paul highlights here in this one verse is the reality of renewal and how the process takes place. You see, so often we try to find who we are. We try to fill our I am statement by conforming to the world and the pattern of the world and what the world tells us we should be. But Paul's saying, no, stop conforming to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your, will, of your mind by being in Jesus, by being God. He is the one who truly can renew, finding who you are in the creator. Going back to the story with Nicodemus, Jesus said this and. John 3, 15, everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. He says, if you believe in me, you have the opportunity to fully experience me all throughout eternity. It all starts with believing. So let me just ask you a question. Some of you probably have answered this question before, but you've kind of wandered off a little bit and you need a kind of a re-heart check. And some of you maybe have never dealt with this question before. But I'm going to ask you a very basic question, and that is this. Do you believe? I already said all of historians and major religions acknowledge Jesus existed. They acknowledge that Jesus is a good teacher. So follow the rabbit trail with me. You've got to wrestle with truth. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, who died for you and is the way to God and to, king, to his kingdom? Do you believe that? Where are you at with that? Because if you believe that, then you need to understand grace. Belief leads to grace and the reality of grace. That's where Jesus took Nicodemus next. He said, you need to be renewed. You need to be born again. You need to experience me. Just you know, stop knowing the stuff and know me. And then Jesus said this in what is the most popular verse in all of the Bible that you've seen in the Super Bowl held up on signs probably, and that is John 3, 16. This is the story where that verse comes from. Jesus said, for God so loved, or the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Here in this moment, John, the gospel writer, turns the story and says, listen, this is grace. This is the renewal process. Jesus came to this world as the Son of God to die on that cross so that you have the opportunity to be regenerated, to grow new limbs, to be his starfish. The 
question is, will you fully embrace his grace? See, grace is the reality that I didn't deserve it, you didn't deserve it, we did not do anything to earn it, but God gave it to us anyway. That's grace. And there Nicodemus is just staring in the face of grace himself, Jesus. Truth himself, Jesus. Good teacher, I want to know you. You know, because of Jesus, we're saved by grace. Grace is what saves us because of the work on the cross. But my friends, grace requires a response. It requires a response. We just can't believe. If you read the letter that James wrote in the New Testament, he says that even the demons believe and shudder. If you follow that rabbit trail with me, you'll, you'll kind of come to the understanding that simple belief is not good enough because if all we had to do is believe, then what's up with the demons? Belief, understanding grace, requires a response. God gave us the gift. Now it's us, our turn. You see, Jesus chose us, and he wants us to choose him. That's it. Jesus relentlessly is pursuing you because he loves you so desperately. And all he desires is for you to love him in return. As he chose you, he wants you to choose him. You know, but life is this one big buffet line. If you ever go to a buffet with me, you'll learn something pretty quickly. I always make the wrong choice. I'm going to pass all the veggies, the salad. Who has time for that? I'm at the buffet. Give me the greasy, big stuff, all the starchy stuff that you can find, and then load up on the desserts, right? I always make the wrong choice at a buffet. Probably all do, don't we? Life is one big buffet of choices. And here's the problem. We are loaded with the buffet choices of life, and we always make the wrong choice. We always make what's more easy or convenient or seems to taste better, right? But God says, I got a steak dinner for you. I got something better for you. If you just choose me, choose me. You know, in the Old Testament, Joshua was leading the Hebrew people after Moses died through the wilderness and through all these foreign territories on their quest to get to the promised land. And every time they conquered a new land and went to a new land, they were completely saturated by the culture of that new land. And the problem was this, because they were so saturated by that new culture, they had the buffet line of that culture of what to choose, what gods to serve, what lives to live. And it was so easily and so enticing just to go these different ways. And that's what they began to do. I want to serve that God. That sounds pretty cool. I like that. And they began to become so saturated with the culture, they made choices to walk away from God. And then there in that moment, Joshua stood before them all and said this in Joshua 24, 15. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites or in whose land you are living. But for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. In that moment, Joshua made a line in the sand and said, it's time to decide which way you choose him. 
I think Jesus was doing that with Nicodemus. Where, where are you going? Where are you going, buddy? And he's doing that for us today, too. See, the problem is we've become so saturated by our culture. It's so easy to be persuaded by and to be pulled by it. The Bible calls that the world. But Jesus is saying, I am still truth. I am still the way. If you just follow me. If you just follow me. You see, just like Joshua and the Hebrew people, and just like Nicodemus the night that he was face to face with Jesus himself, God standing before us, telling us the same thing. We all have a choice to make. Every one of us. The question is, do you believe? Do you believe him? If so, will you choose Jesus? Will you follow him fully? Will you allow him to become your identity? Will you be, allow him to be the one who fills your I am statement? Will he be the one in your life? Which path will you choose? It's this renewal process. You know, Paul talked about the renewal process in Romans 6. You know, he says this in Romans 6, 1 through 6. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism in or, in, into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For, you know, for, you, for we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the old body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. You know what Paul is saying here? He's saying, stop doing what you've always been doing. Stop living the life that you've always been living. That's repentance. Repentance saying, I know I'll mess up sometimes, but you know what? I'm going to get up and make the next right choice. I'm going to get back on, on the right path. I can't just keep living in a way that says, God, I'm going to ask for forgiveness later, so I'm going to live the way I want tonight. That is abusing grace. And that's what Paul's saying. Why keep living the way you've been living? Change your heart, change your attitude, change your words, change your actions towards the heart of God. And then he begins to paint this picture. As we find who we are in Jesus, and he identifies it with baptism. See, baptism is that beautiful place where we have the opportunity to identify ourselves with Jesus in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Where we can kind of find that place and say, Jesus, you're my I am statement. You're my I am statement. You are my identity. Nothing else. This is the renewal process that Paul talked about. Dying to our old self. Walking away from who I used to be. What I used to do. The attitudes I used to have. And walking towards the heart of Christ. That's how the renewal process happens. The more you walk towards the world, the more you're going to become like the world. And you're going to have all the bad attitudes and poor choices. When you turn around and walk towards Jesus and his heart, the more you become like him, the more you experience him, and the more he renews your life. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden be like, 
I'm a different Bill. Well, you're probably not going to say Bill, but... But it's a process that God will, through his spirit, will continue to work in your life and your heart to transform you more and more like him every day. See, the goal of following Jesus is that I'm more like him and closer to his heart tomorrow than I was today. If you can do that, boom, you're on the right path. That's what it's about. And baptism is this beautiful picture. This beautiful picture of finding who you are in him. See, baptism is where we identify with Jesus in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And what better way to step from our old identity into an identity with Jesus than identifying with him in the water in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And some of you have been trying to live a life identified, identifying who you are based upon what's inside of you for too long. It's time to choose Jesus. You know, when you go all the way back to the creation story, we see the reality of God placing his identity into the world. When he created everything that is in Genesis 1, what we see is God giving an identity to everything that is by his words. His words were so powerful, he spoke everything into existence. And by his words, he gave everything in the world identity. And then he created Adam. And if you read through the creation story, then you see Adam. And Adam's very first job was this. By his words, God gave him the authority to speak identity to every living creature. Adam gave an identity to all the animals. You see, in the garden, the most beautiful thing about the garden, in all of its perfection, was the fact that in the garden, in perfection, we saw our identity in the Creator. And then sin came in. Sin entered the world. And ever since then, the world has been in a crisis of identity. And it just has gotten worse and worse and worse. And that's where we sit today. A crisis of identity. What is my I am statement? That's where Jesus came in. Because God did not want to give up. As you read the whole Bible, and as you see all throughout histories, God's primary focus and ambition was his relentless pursuit to, re, to bring back the identity that he gave to us. We are a child of God. That's why he went to the cross. That's why Nicodemus struggled, because he said, I just have to, I'm a Jew. That's who I am. And, and when I mess up, I go to the temple, I make things right, and I go back to my life. And Jesus says, no, that cross, my blood, you are my child, bought with a price. I am your identity. Not your nationality. Not your birthright, not anything else you choose to fill in that I am statement. I am a child of God. He is my identity. And then Jesus, before he went back to heaven, he said this. He said, the greatest command I can give to you is to make disciples. Baptize them and teach them to obey. See, as being a follower of me, Jesus said, if you choose me, be baptized. Find your identity in me, in my death, in my burial, 
and my resurrection. Sometimes we spend way too much time, we spend way too much time debating the spiritual logistics, usually of what God does, that it causes us to fail to be faithful. Jesus said, if you choose to follow me, be baptized. Find your identity in me. Just like Nicodemus, you spend so much time on knowing all the stuff. Just know me. Know me. I am truth. I am the way. I am life. Find who you are in me. Where are you at? Where are you at? Maybe some of you said, I believe in your mind and your heart a moment ago. You've said it before, but you kind of walked off the path. And, but you need to really get back with Jesus. I think that's great. If you just put on a connect card, you know, uh, I'm, I'm renewing my faith. We would love to pray for you to recommit that and help you identify what's those next steps or talk to somebody that engaged impact after the service. Or maybe you said that I am, that maybe you said I believe for the very first time. And you need, you need to make that commitment. I want to choose to follow Jesus. Maybe today is the day that you need to take that step and be baptized. Maybe you've never heard, thought of that before. Maybe you've been holding back for different reasons. But maybe now is the time to be baptized. To fully say, Jesus, you are what fills my I am statement. I want to be a child of God. I want you to be my identity. I want to identify in your death, burial, and resurrection. And I want to take that step and follow you and be baptized. If you need to take that step, if you have yet to take that step, maybe today's a day. I know you probably didn't come prepared for it, but that's okay. We got towels. We got everything to change into in the back. The water's warm, I promise you. It's time to take that step. It's time to take that step. Maybe you were baptized when you were younger or, or a baby, and you don't really understand what that meant, and now's the time to fully embrace Jesus and be baptized by immersion. You see, at Impact, we believe the New Testament teaches and shows that baptism is by full immersion, by your own decision. You know, because baptism, the Greek word is actually baptizo, which means to immerse or to plunge, to fully go under. And I always say, wouldn't it, would it change your whole theology if, you, if John the Baptist was actually John the plunger? Okay, forget that. But that's what it means. It means to fully go under. And every time you see someone be baptized in the New Testament in the Bible, they were someone who made their own decision and were fully immersed in the water. And Paul highlights the meaning and the symbolism of baptism to identify yourself with Jesus in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And Jesus is saying in this moment, will you identify with me? Where are you at in your faith journey? It's time to draw the line of sand and be real and choose which way you will go. Who will be your I am statement? Will it be Jesus or will it be what the world tells you? Because we are who the Father says we are. And maybe some of you right now, you've been waiting too long. You've been holding back. Or whatever the excuses may be, now is the time to take that step. Identify with Jesus and his death, his burial, and resurrection by being baptized. You can do that today, right now.
don't wait. Don't push it off. Do it right now. I would love to meet you right back here by the door if you're willing to take that step to experience God in his fullness in that way and to make him your I am statement. You are a child of God. Let's pray together. Father, in this moment, we just come to you. And Lord, we just seek you. Father God, I just pray right now for each person in this room and those who are watching online. Lord, I just pray that wherever they are at, that, you just, that your spirit just works in their heart. Lord, for those that said, I believe, to rededicate their life, Lord, I pray that you help them to make the next right choice back to you. And Lord, for those who maybe said that for the very first time, I believe. I pray that, that we can come together, that we can just help identify what are the next steps in that journey that we can keep running towards your heart rather than our heart. And Father God, for those who are here right now that need to take the step to be baptized, whatever excuses have been holding them back, or maybe this is the first time they've even thought about that, and they just are, are kind of feeling your spirit move in their heart for the very first time, I pray that they may step out and take that step and experience you in that way. Lord, move in our lives and move in this place. And may we experience all of you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.